Welcome, everybody, to Nerd Critic Off the Shelf. Uh, this is the second episode of our new segment uh, that is hopefully going to delight you every step of the way. My name is CJ. I am Jordan. <laughs> Today we are actually talking about uh, a lot of movies Bunch under of one umbrella. What's yes. that umbrella, CJ? Participant Media! He's a big uh, fanboy. I am. I am. <laughs> I uh, When I moved to Los Angeles, one of the first things I did is I went down to Participant Media, took a picture in front of their sign, and posted it on Twitter thinking that it was going to cause them to want to hire me. It didn't work. But it was still the first place <laughs> I went to. <laughs> Maybe it will eventually. Uh, you'll, yeah, Maybe this episode will. <laughs> yes. You should totally send this episode to them. I should. just 100%. Just, yes. I mean, uh, no. What am I talking about? They're already listening. I mean, of course they are. Obviously, they're already yes, listening. So yes. we better be careful about what we say. Uh, Jordan here, uh, as you know, is our studied and credentialed critic. And CJ is our resident nerd. Yes. And uh, together we are nerd critic. Together with, we are. With our powers combined. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm actually really excited to, to talk about participant media, obviously because I am a fanboy, but also because of the vast amount of good movies that they have made. Like what? Uh, like Lincoln, Mm -hmm. like The Help, like, um, well, the ones that we've been talking about recently, uh, which are Green Book and Roma. Uh, they also made Contagion, Contagion. Contagion? Did they make Contagion? Uh, con- the it, the 2011. Is that what it's called? The one about diseases? The disease? The one with uh, the one with Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet? Yeah. They made Contagion? Contagion. Yeah, they made Contagion. I love Contagion. Yeah, they made That's Contagion. A great movie. Uh, they the movie made, makes me cry. Yeah, a lot. they made Wonder. They made Spotlight. They made uh, one of my favorite movies, When a Monster Calls. They made The Post. They made Zero Dark Thirty, Bridge of Spies, Deepwater Horizon. Um, Did they also make uh, the Patriot Patriot Day and and uh, Lone Survivor, or just just Deepwater Horizon? Uh, that was a, oh yeah, no, just Deepwater Deep, Horizon, which was which is excellent. Yes, by the way, yes, really it is. excellent. Uh, yeah, I mean the 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 list goes on. I mean it, it is. It's quite uh, a production company. It is. Every yes. time every time we talk about them, you list movies that I didn't realize, like. When we fir- when you first said participant media, I was like, yeah, when a monster calls, yeah, wonder, great, yeah, cool. And then like, <laughs> and then like, and then the ne- and every time thereafter, there's been like a couple more titles. You're like, and they made this one. I'm yeah. like, wait, what? Yes, <laughs> yeah, great movies. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's, I just really, I really like what they are doing and what they're trying to do, uh, and just kind of the whole mission of the company. So, uh, I mean, the so if you go to their website and you go to their mission, one of the first things that it says is that they want to make movies. They want actually, it says tell stories that inspire social change. So most of the time, most of the time, not always, obviously, Contagion luckily is not a true story, but a lot of the times they are true stories. Um, and, and Lincoln also wasn't a true story. Though. Yeah. <laughs> Total. Abraham Lincoln, what kind yeah. of name is that? Doesn't make sense. Uh, so they... Uh, Nobody wears clothes like that. I don't, I don't <laughs> really don't understand where they got any of that from. <laughs> so it's a... It, it, the movies that they make, the stories that they tell, and this is just all the narrative movies, right? They have made some, some documentaries that have won Oscars, and it's just... Uh, they all around pretty much anything they do. They partnered with uh, Rain Wilson, who is Dwight from The Office, um, to make a YouTube channel called Soul Pancake 
that they I heard about that. Yes. I didn't know that was participant as well. That's participant as well. <laughs> so they Is that still going though? I, I heard about that a while ago. I haven't really heard anything. Uh about yeah, this. they they I get I get little dings on oh, my phone nice. every time they come out with a new video. Cool. So uh they just they are trying to tell stories that uh that matter essentially. Uh and I just really appreciate that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's super awesome. Yeah. Um so you've talked about their filmography to some degree in a sort of a shotgun manner and the mission of the company, which is very noble and great. And actually, so here's the thing. It's easy to write a mission statement, uh, much harder to execute a mission statement. Sure. And yes. um, th- this is very impressive to me because, um, and especially this last year, two of the movies that got nominated for Oscar for best picture last year were from participant and one of them won. Yes. <laughs> so well, yeah, and then so that's pretty great. Yeah, that's one a good of them batting won. average for one year. And then the one that was a foreign film won best foreign one best, film. Yes. Uh, so I'm sorry, two yeah. of them won. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so it was two all, two. yeah, two 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 out of two. Yeah. Pictures. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's incredibly impressive. Spotlight has won uh, won Best Picture. Um, you, I mean, you have if you went through like every Oscar nomination of their filmography, it dozens, a ton. Yeah, there's just a ton. Uh, and and the Post was nominated for Best Picture. Bridge of Spies was nominated for Best Picture. Um, and and they just they they're really good at it. I think that. That could be one of two reasons, or a little bit of both, or a lot of both. That is, one, they tell stories that seem to kind of float the Academy's boat, if you will. Um, and two, they probably have they they've kind of proven that they have a really good relationship with people in the Academy, and there is the politics on that side. Um, but but even away from that, the movies they make are good. Yeah. They're nearly always good. They're very, very good. Yeah. Um, they're very, very, very good. Obviously, and, you know, it's interesting because you, like, to make a good movie, it does, it takes a good writer first. It takes a good director. It takes a good cast. It takes a good producer or team of producers. It takes really good editing um, and everything else, and then and then a whole host of people below the line who um, need to come together to make a really great movie. But one of the things that makes all of those jobs possible to do is the production company. Yes. The people who are – so the producer's team typically is from the production company. So those are the people who are saying, okay, we need to put this person here and this person here and this person here. We need to carve out this date and this date and this date and this amount of money for this thing and this amount of money for this thing. And that's all day long for many months. <laughs> yes. And then, uh, and then hopefully, hopefully the thing happens. And so the reason that Best Picture nominations and awards from the Academy go to the producers – is because those are the people who are responsible for the movie actually happening. Yes. There are artists who are responsible for the movie in its sort of spiritual execution and, and you know, in the actual deci- artistic decisions that are made. And that's critical. Obviously, you don't get movies without that. But the other thing you don't get movies without is the production of the movie. Yeah. And so um, it is – I think it is um, – most people don't think of 
And this is something I think actually does escape most people who are going to even watch the Academy Awards is they, you know, people who aren't, who haven't really studied the film industry at all or don't really understand the thinking. If, if a movie is nominated for Best Picture, they imagine that it probably goes to the director or maybe the director and the writer or maybe a producer. But like the, uh, the truth is it goes to a team of producers. It's basically a production company's award. Yes. It's saying good job production company, good job team of producers for making this actually happen. Yes, and it's uh, and because it is, and that's the miracle, right? Yeah, like, and, it's, and it, it's a and miracle it all that of, it happens. Yeah, it all kind of starts like uh, if you are a writer that has a script that you want to get made into a movie, or you're a director who has an idea and wants to make it into a movie. The person that you find is the producer. Yes. Because the producer is the one that actually makes it happen. What you hope is that a good production company yeah. like Participant Media will agree with you yes. that, hey, yeah, this idea is worth sinking a ton of resources and time and stress and heartache into yes. to make it happen, to give birth to this thing. Yeah. So, um, well, I think we'll have to do an, uh, an episode that kind of talks about your... That's more. That's more. That leans towards you a little bit, and like what inspires you to make movies. Because I feel like that's what this episode is for me. Because <laughs> I'm about to tell you why. Like one of the biggest motivators of me um, coming to LA, and because you know, you know, surprise, surprise, moving to LA not easy. And I don't. I. It's not that I didn't care, but it was like. Something lit inside of me that made me want it so bad that I was willing to go through it to try and make it happen. And Participant Media is kind of where it started for me. So Jeff Skoll, um, such a cool name. You look him up and he is, it just doesn't fit. He doesn't, he doesn't quite look as cool as his name sounds. Uh, but he... Uh, he wanted. He learned that stories can kind of change the world. As a kid, that's what he thought. Stories can like just impact everybody. And so he grew up wanting to be a writer, right? And once he gets to an age that he's like, I want to be a writer so I can influence the world. And he realized writers don't make any money. And when I say writer, I don't mean scripts and screenplays. I mean that he wanted to write novels. He wanted to tell stories. He realized they don't make money. So he thought, you know, I'll go to I'll go to school, I'll make some money, then I'll do some writing. Well, he goes to school and uh, then he becomes the first president of eBay, makes a dollar or two. <laughs> uh, and um, I think he's I, I the internet is obviously it's just full of nothing but truth, says that he's <laughs> he's about worth four billion dollars, right? <laughs> So he has the money now and he uh, go he turns back to storytelling, but he realizes that the world has kind of moved on and that he wasn't going to tell the stories that with the impact that he wanted through novels and writing, but it was going to be through movies. Thus, Participant Media was born. He started Participant Media so that he could have a positive impact on the world through telling stories that mattered. When I researched Jeff Skull and I researched Participant Media and I watched The Help and I watched Lincoln and I watched Spotlight all with like in like back to back over a couple of days, done. Check. I'm moving to LA. It was, it is, it, oh man, it just lit me on fire and the passion began from that moment. So if you're wondering 
participant media, that's a random thing to do an episode on. It's because it is like the birth of my movie love. (sighs) (sighs) (laughs) Well, it's a a beautiful and messy miracle, the birth of your movie love. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Um, I am, uh, I'm inspired, CJ. I, I, you know, I'm also inspired by your short summary of Jeff Skoll's background and history and, and, and what his motivation is because I feel like uh, a very, I feel like I went through a very similar, very very similar arc, except for except minus all of the um, spectacular business success. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't I, start eBay. <laughs> I didn't. I failed to start eBay. I feel like that's probably the big missing piece in my story. So maybe we should find an eBay to start. Um, I uh, yeah. I when I was a kid, I was a writer, um, and I. I wanted to write novels. I wanted to write stories. I, I did write a bunch of stories. I wrote a novel in my very early 20s. And, um, uh, but, uh, but when I was a kid, when I was a teenager in high school, um, I thought, yeah, like, I want to be a writer. And then I thought, well, writers don't make any money. <laughs> and also, people don't read anymore. <laughs> so, uh, so that's a thing. Um, and, and it was somewhere, somewhere in my very, very late teens, very, very early twenties, I made the, the, this life-changing decision to sort of pivot toward movies. I was like, you know, the, the dominant medium of my era is film, uh, and well, TV now, frankly. Um, but still movies are, movies are dominant. Like they, they lead cultural conversations and that uh, that's something I wanted to be par- wanted to be part of, and I still I mean that, that's still what drives me as well. So I'm I'm that's really inspiring because I feel like you know um, it's nice to sort of hear that not only am, are people like you and me not alone in the way that we have kind of like tr- you know tried to kind of connect with the world, but that our company is. Uh, you know, people like Jeff Skull. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, feel like, I was... feel like, feel like my, my own, uh, you know, spiritual orientation in this land, this, this landscape of entertainment is not misguided. Yes. Uh, yeah. And that is kind of, it felt, uh, it felt validating. Right. Yeah. And it felt, it felt, uh, suddenly like it was possible. Uh, and there have been people since, you know, I've come to come to LA and I've been trying to like, you know, get get to know people and network and do all the things that you're supposed to do to to make it in the film industry. And I have met people that have helped me feel like, oh, cool, I feel validated because you're the kind of person I want to be and you're making the kind of content I'd love to make. Um, so it's not... I guess what I'm saying is that Jeff Skull isn't a unicorn, right? Yeah. He's not the one and only. No, there's a lot of people there's, out here like Yeah, them. and it is something that uh, if if you're listening to this and you're detached from the film industry and you're not in L.A., a lot of people think, oh, Hollywood's full of dirty politicians, basically. And that there's that the entertainment is like nothing but the, the scummy scum. I know a lot of people, a lot of uh, especially older people in my life that are like, yeah, Hollywood is doing nothing but bad things. And, but when you come here, you meet some of the most incredible people that are trying to just have a positive impact on the world. And it just takes so much to make a movie and to make TV. It takes so much and so many different people that sometimes you make something and it's not exactly how you pictured it would be. And so to make a good movie that makes a positive impact and, uh, make, and a large impact, 
is dang near impossible. And it seems that participant media, um, whether it be through the fact that their movies are just that good or their ability to network within the Academy and get that recognition, uh, doesn't matter. It, it just matters that the impact is positive. I mean, Spotlight. Um, have you seen Spotlight? Yeah, yeah it's phenomenal. It's in- absolutely incredible. And um, the thing know. that blows me away about every single one of their movies is that 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 I've seen is that they manage to be really meaningful and impactful in like this kind of like beautiful, relevant way. Um, almost like a balm, right? Like mm. a cultural balm, mm. without feeling like medicine at all. Yeah, like they are really entertaining, like minute to minute. Scene to scene, really entertaining, like yes. funny, dramatic, heartwarming, wrenching, beautiful, like really, really good movies. Like movies that you go to the movies to see. Yes, absolutely. And still, they, they, they impactful. Yeah, they kind of inception a good message into your mind, <laughs> right? And that's the, and that's just this. That's just so what I want to do. Like um, Spotlight, absolutely did that. That one is a little more. There's an obvious like direction that it's going sure. because the the subject matter is so heavy yeah. um and if you haven't seen spotlight it's uh it's about when the boston globe kind of broke open the story of uh the catholic church and some of the molestations that have been going that had been going on yeah. in secret there and so the 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 topic is heavy so it obviously has a direction and it's definitely saying something but it's an incredibly it's like hard to follow that up with an entertaining movie. It's incredibly captivating. It is. Um, and it is entertaining. It, it's 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 not And the acting. Whoo! Oh, so good. Yeah. The ensemble performance is just mind-blowing. Um yeah, uh sorry. Go on. I know there are other movies you want to know. Yeah, I want uh, a Monster Calls is another one, right? Yeah. Where it is uh, just it, it, I ugly cried at the end of that movie. Oh man, absolutely. <laughs> and and what it gets across, it uh, it made me uh, come to an understanding of my own emotions that I hadn't even considered before. Um, and I it was an entertaining movie. It was a good movie that I enjoyed. Uh, that it was visually stunning, acting was great, but then it also got me to think about my own emotions in a way that I hadn't before. Yeah. Uh, Deepwater Horizon. Oh my gosh. Incredibly entertaining. Ugly Cry. At the end. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I honestly like. I'm trying to think of a movie that didn't that they've made that didn't make me cry, and I don't <laughs> cry that often during movies. I'm not a crier. I didn't cry movies. at Lincoln. I may have cried at the end of Lincoln. A little, te- a little <laughs> like tear up. A little up. bit. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe. I don't I mean, remember. It's been a while since I saw the movie. I saw it in the theaters. I didn't cry at Zero Dark Thirty. I didn't see Zero Dark Thirty. Oh. Wait, wait. Yes, I did. That's the that's the one with. That's uh, not Jessica Hurt Locker. Chastain. Yes, yes. Yeah. I always get, get it mixed up. With I did Hurt see Locker. Hurt Locker as well, but I uh, there's another one. Anyway, whatever. I did yeah. see Zero. It's great. It's great. Yeah, it's just uh, they they make these movies that. Um, and it's and it's kind of been it's been my mission in movies. So because and we've talked about it in this podcast before. Um, Black Panther is a great example of these large, entertaining, huge, fun, uh, extravagant movies, but they can still get across something that matters. So participant media is almost at like at a lower level than where I want to be, and I know that's incredibly ambitious. But I want to make stuff like Black Panther that's huge and fun and nerd. You want to make blockbusters that, that, that have this same impact, as impactful and meaningful and relevant as yes. participants. Movies. Because because I guarantee <laughs> this is such a stupid comment. I guarantee less people saw Spotlight than Black Panther. 
I mean, I won't jump. I wouldn't jump to any assumptions here. <laughs> But um, but yeah, it's I think possible. It's a, it's a safe it's bet. Possible. It's a safe bet. Um, <laughs> it but made I, a little bit less money, but, so I mean, but that, imagine, that might be an indication. <laughs> but imagine if you could have that impact. And Black Panther is one of those that like had an incredible message and impact yeah. and cultural relevance. Also made over a billion dollars. Yeah. And I the two are not mutually exclusive. And and a lot of times Hollywood thinks that they are. Yeah. And or I treat, and yeah. I don't want that to be. Certainly they they the. The, the production process is often treated that way um, in terms of what gets greenlit by whom yes. for what and for how much money and uh, on what timeline, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's, uh, so let's talk before um, let, let's talk about the most recent best picture winner. That is also a participant movie win or uh, company movie, <laughs> the green book, green book, green book. Okay. Okay. To start this conversation. Okay. I didn't see Green Book until well after it had come out. I was late. I was Johnny come lately to the movie. Uh, saw it. Loved it. Loved it. Classic participant media. Classic. Entertained. Front to end. Start to finish. Really. First, first frame to last frame. So... So warmed. So entertained. Yes. So elevated. Loved, 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 loved. Also, I'm a white dude. Yeah. <laughs> so here we go, okay? We're going to have to have this awkward conversation because yeah. apparently there's a lot. A lot. There's a lot of. And I, I will also, full disclosure, I'm not really on social media much. I'm trying to get back on it a little bit for, you know, for the good things, for yeah. a little bit of nerd, a little bit of nerd critic and real contender interaction, a little hey, bit yeah. of, you know, whatever. We have an Instagram account that I've we mainly. I've seen you pop up on there occasionally. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, I make no promises. But <laughs> anyway, my point is I haven't, I've been a little bit sheltered from a lot of the conversation about Green Book because sure. I just haven't been in the place where all the vitriol sort of happens. And I'm not on Twitter at all. Uh, it's not my medium, and I'm, it's not probably ever going to be. But I've, uh, in preparation for this episode and also just in general because I was curious, uh, I did do a little bit of research, and I maybe would prefer you because it sounds like you've read more <laughs> to maybe summarize where the controversy sits. Yeah. If you can summarize it in as succinctly as possible, hopefully. Well, there there's the extreme on both sides, right? But but essentially it is the 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 age-old concept of the white savior movie. Right. Right? So you yes. have basically you have a a black man that needs a white man to be happy. Right. That that's the controversy. Okay. Um and when you say it that simply, it does fit Green Book. Well, hang on a minute, CJ. <laughs> okay. As a white guy with lots of opinions, <laughs> I would like to pretend that I speak for everybody. No. Here's the thing. Um, I, I, I recognize that and my, my big, you know, angry issue with identity politics is that I know that there's a lot of people out there. I don't know if any of our listeners feel this way. Maybe some of you do, and that's fine. I don't necessarily judge it, but I know a lot of people will sort of say that I'm, um, I don't really have like a right to speak about this because I'm not, I'm not the, uh, you know, I'm not the interested party, right? I'm not yeah. black. I don't yeah. know what it's like to be black. And yeah. I don't, I yeah. don't, I've never been black. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, and so I am, I'm just a, I'm just a, just a, a straight white dude in my thirties who's married with a kid talking about a movie about race. And I get, I get what that means. I do. Um, but hey, this is my podcast, <laughs> so like <laughs> sure. I'm gonna say what I think, and what I think as a storyteller, 
And as a person who studied movies for a long time and has studied narrative for a long time, that this the reason that this movie was so beautiful to me is because it seemed to show a relationship in which both parties needed each other equally. Yeah. This was not a and you know, if you if you were going to point the finger at one character needing the other more, I think it goes the other direction actually. Which is problematic for its own set of reasons, right? Because uh, there's been a lot of sort of um, sad attempts at um, kind of like, quote-unquote, fixing racism by casting black characters that are salvific, right? Like, oh, we're going to have this old, old wise black man or this old, wise black woman who just knows everything and Mm -hmm. she can solve all the problems if you just go talk to her. And, like, that's kind of racist and unfair as well. So, like, there's there's a lot of uh, problems with, like, well, I mean, you know, not to put a too fine point on it, but, like, with white people trying to tell stories about black people. Like, it, it, it breaks down. Now, I don't know enough. I haven't done my research enough to know who wrote Green Book. I don't care right now. I don't care. Yeah. I know it's based on a book, right? Yeah. It, and it's based on it's based on a person's story. Um, so the so You can Viggo, probably tell me. You can probably tell me because you have done research. Yeah, Viggo, Viggo Mortensen's uh, character, uh-huh. um, it was written by his son. Okay, gotcha. Originally, so and then the, the director book. and another, yes. Okay, was written by his son. And then they adapted it. Is, are those people white? Yes. Okay, great. So this is a movie... About a black about black and white relationships that was, was made pretty much by white people. The people accepting the Oscars, it was like six white men and then Octavia Spencer. Right. Okay. So, um, there's there's fair criticism there. I'm not gonna like like, but that's to me that's a different conversation. Okay. The the conversation about who makes movies like that's a diff- and it's a it's an important conversation. It's a good conversation. It's just like, not the one we're having right now. It's not the one we're having right now. The yeah. one we're having right now is about the actual, movie, the actual movie and the actual characters and the actual story. Yeah. And in that actual story with characters in this movie, what do we see? We see a, 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 a white guy who was pretty, I mean, you know, like a decent guy, but like yeah. pretty racist, pretty clearly heavily racist. But, but definitely potentially... Definitely, potentially. I oh, can't believe I just said right. that. <laughs> um, I, I would say that they they got across the 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 idea that he's maybe like because of his wife a little less yeah than the surrounding area. Sure, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so uh, uh, like he's a, trying a racist with potential for redemption yeah. from his own racism, and then we get we put him in a situation with uh, a black man who is in every way different. This is very much an odd couple story, right? Yeah. Like in every way different. And also in every way different in a way that like we would seem to disassociate, right? In the two gen in the two I was gonna say gender roles because it's usually the two racial roles. And and um, let it let it be said that the only reason that we are specifically talking about one being white and one being black is because it's essential to the story. Yes. It if it was any old if it was any old conversation about any old movie that race had nothing to do with the story, we wouldn't bring it up. No. But it's the fact that it yeah, is a black is, guy is, in the this south is a story in, about you know. a black guy who is who is incredibly talented and educated and refined and brilliant um, doing a, a musical tour through the south for incredibly noble reasons. Like, I mean, the guy is like an almost saint, right? Like he is an almost saint. And like that he, so to, to interpret this movie or this story as an example of a black man who needs a white man to save him to me seems 
hilariously false. Like, so, such a, like, really an unforgivably shallow read of the movie. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you, like, you have seemed to miss every essential component of this movie, except for the fact that he uh, hired a white driver. Like, which was the actual thing that happened. So it's like, I don't know what the actual story was. I'm I'm sure there were nuances that were missed, because that's how filmmaking works, and that's how adaptation works. But, like, this story, by itself, even if it wasn't based on a true story works for me and as a white dude i realize but like works for me as not a story about a white guy saving a black guy but rather as a white guy and a black guy who save each other and who elevate each other yeah. by forming a connection that needed to exist for both of them yeah they both had parts that they needed from each other and that in my estimation of our world is the truth we need we need each other mm-hmm. like that's why racism needs to go away so that we can like connect in a really deep and meaningful way because we need things from each other that we can't get on yeah. our own. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll put another qualifier in there that, well, that I agree with everything that you're saying, but I'm also a white dude. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, we, we are definitely the no same. No surprise to me, CJ. Yeah. <laughs> I've been sitting across from you this whole episode. <laughs> we are definitely the same demographic. So yes. the fact that we have the same opinion, People could draw the conclusion that that's the reason why. But I I watch this movie and I do not uh, – I, I just – I it just doesn't paint a, a negative picture for it, – it really – if it paints a negative picture, it's for the racist white guy. Yeah. Um, I just don't – I just don't – I don't quite see it. Uh, I, I see it in the fact that – one of my pet peeves, I'm a sports fan. One of my pet peeves is when someone criticizes like basketball and they're like, yeah, just throw a ball and do a hoop. And I'm like, yeah, yep, that's the whole game. That's it. You just kick a ball in a net. That's soccer. It, it's one of my, oh, it's my, one of my biggest pet peeves. It feels like it's a similar simplification when it's like, oh, it's about a black guy that needs a white guy. Yeah. It's like, yeah. no, no, no. Wow. You just missed it's, it's, everything about it. It is unconscionably vulgar to yeah. me to, to cast the movie in that light. It's it, like you have – you. It, it is, it, it's offensive in every way to the movie yes. and what the movie is trying to do, which is – quite lovely it really is and you have a you have uh i don't i can't i can't remember the character's name mahershala ali's character um that is that is just teaching vigo mortensen's character every step of the way right and it's it's more like it's more like um tony i remember tony um it's more like tony is introducing new things to this incredibly sophisticated man and this incredibly sophisticated man is teaching that it's like they both right like they he's like yeah you eat chicken with your hands that's perfectly okay then you throw it out the window yeah. and then immediately the other way don't litter cuz that's bad and they they have this mutually beneficial relationship and friendship that elevates them to a new level of humanity yeah. and and it's because they look past the things that they that they have that the the differences that they have for me it does the ex- this movie does the exact opposite of of a white savior movie it, it it shows that if we can get rid if we can look past all the stupid just irrelevant differences that we have 
and just get along and be friends, we will all be elevated. That was the underlying yeah. core of this movie. Absolutely. And the fact that people are like, no, no, I'm offended. It just, it, it feels, it f- just, it feels insulting. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really does. It really does. Dr. Shirley, by the way, is Dr. Uh, Shirley. Is the that's what it was. I knew uh, it was name. doctor. I didn't remember the last name. Yeah. I kept wanting to say Dr. Shelley. Um, Dr. Shirley, uh, because I was like, it's like, a, it's like, a, it's like, a, like, don't call me Shirley. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, there's this, there's one scene in particular that jumps out to me when when we're having this conversation as far as like the dynamic between these two characters that I found so lovely. Um, it's when in the first performance when when Doctor Shirley is saying is telling Tony like he's trying to prepare him to come into the room with him and be and like and be presented to mm-hmm. the guests of whatever you know the event that he's going to be performing um, on the piano for and. And uh, and and Tony basically says no. Like he he stays outside with the other servants basically, and like uh, the the help the other help and like and then so Doctor when at the end of the thing Doctor Shirley comes out and he's like, you know, and Tony is like playing dice or whatever with the guys yeah. outside and like he's getting his suit dirty or whatever, and and uh, and he comes over and he's like, um, and and the the line is, uh, they didn't have a choice. To come in, like you could have, you could have come in mm. if you wanted. Like I gave you the choice to come in, and you you chose not to. And so, like, there the whole movie, there is this, there's this pull on both of them. Like Doctor Shirley is pulling Tony. He's he's like inviting him, con- consistently inviting him, and like telling him you can you could do better. Like you can do better. You can be better. He lit- that's literally one. He's he says why, that. why are you busting my balls because you because you better. can do better, Tony. Yeah. Yeah. And like that, that, that is, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful and exquisite and it's coming and it's like, and you can, and you sort of see Tony sort of revert. Cause it's like, you see Tony in like the beginning, it's like, he's clearly like a capable guy and he's like a good, he's a good like family man or whatever. Um, he's pretty immature and that's okay. But like, you know, so, so when he gets into the situation where he's the driver, it's like he kind of reverts to sort of adolescent behavior, right? Yeah. Because he's like, he's protecting himself from this sort of awkward situation. And he's like, and he doesn't really, it's like he respects Dr. Shirley kind of, but more he's intimidated, more he's like, is weirded out. It's kind of confused. Yeah, he just like yeah. doesn't get it. This It's weird. And he's like, yeah, anyway. And then like, and, and you know, and t- so it's like he needs that, that thing that Dr. Shirley is trying to give him, which is like, you know, like level up, man. Like be a man, be yeah. an adult, like yeah. grow up and like, you know, accept the responsibilities that are like there for you to take. And like, and on the other side of it, it's, you know, because, because, and it should be pointed out, Dr. Shirley has already done that. Mm-hmm. You know, he's taken the, one of the hardest paths of his life for really, really noble reasons, paid the price for it and has like, and has become this incredibly powerful figure um, who doesn't need very much from yeah. Tony. Yeah. But the things that he needs, like, Tony can give him. Yeah. Like, well, it's because it's basically the, the, the plethora of things that Dr. Shirley has in his life are what Tony needs. Exactly. And then the plethora of things that Tony has, Dr. Shirley needs. Yeah. That being relationships connection which which, man and this this the scene where like tony's talking about like being more black than he is because he's got like he's poor and he's in this whatever and nobody respects him or whatever and then like and then (laughs) dr shirley like screams at him to stop the car and he gets out and there's the rain and like yeah it's like way dramatic it's a little soapy but like i think it freaking works Mm -hmm. because he's like listen like i don't have anybody yeah because like i'm rejected and this is a true thing you see this you see this even today 
where people are re- like you when you decide to do something with yourself that goes against where the the culture that you came from, right? They reject you. But then if you're not part of the culture that you're trying to be part of, they reject you too. And yeah. this is a classic story. Mm-hmm. This isn't I mean it is very much about racial relationships in that time period and still, but then also it's it's even more universal than that. Anytime you try to, you, you do the fish out of water thing where you're saying, well, I'm gonna try to be part of this thing for whatever reason. I dare say Superman. <laughs> what you get is, I don't have anybody. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's like, and it's not like, sure you're the victim, but like you're not really a victim. It's just the consequence, the, the sort of sad consequences of that, that choice, that path. Yeah. And so And so how lovely is it to think that here is an opportunity to be able to connect in, a, in an intimate way with somebody yeah. that who really understands you and who accepts you. Uh, anyway, it's just, so it's, yeah. There's yeah, just it, it's a it's, yeah. It's yeah. that it's that ex- ex- acceptance. I can think of like two definitive scenes or definitive moments where uh, the characters learn uh, without a doubt that the other person uh, is the epitome of what they need to learn. So let me clarify. So when Dr. Shirley is, uh, you know, it was after he was not allowed to use the bathroom in the house and he had to go outside and, uh, and then he goes and he goes back and he plays anyway. Then he's shaking everyone's hand. And Tony asks one of the other musicians, like, why does he do this? And, and you know, there's the, the line from the trailer that is because he because uh, it takes courage to change people's minds. But it was the moment of uh, he doesn't have a temper. He understands the long game. He knows what he needs to do yeah. to change people's minds. He is trying to do what he knows to help his people in the best way he knows how. Because everything that Tony has done has all been reactionary, yeah. right? He never thinks about Short-sighted, the long Short-sighted, pretty he's, selfish. He's punching people. Yep. He's doing a hot dog eating contest for a couple bucks. Yeah. He's It's whatever he can do now to be paid now yep. to get what he needs now. And Dr. Shirley is long game. Then you flip to the other side. Uh, Tony gets a call, goes to the YMCA, sees Dr. Shirley you know, in this incredibly vulnerable state. Yeah. Turns out he's gay and he's black and he had to pay the cops off to get him out. Dr. Shirley doesn't know what to think. And then Tony doesn't judge him. Yeah. Dr. Shirley apologizes and he's like, hey, I worked in nightclubs. I've seen a lot of stuff. I know love comes in a variety of different ways. And that's that. Yeah. And Dr. Shirley then understands there's no judgment because Dr. Shirley, there, there's judgment. Oh, he's yeah. only known judgment it's, his it's entire like judgment life. Top to bottom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so now he has this guy that doesn't judge him and like doesn't care. And it just doesn't compute. And so they both realize that they both have what each other needs. And that's that's what makes the movie so warm and fuzzy and what we need. <laughs> ah. Yeah. So I yeah, once again, to to detach from whatever the background of the movie getting made was, to de- to detach whatever even the cultural conversation around the movie, and not to say any of that is irrelevant, because it is all relevant. Absolutely. It's just that if you take the movie and you've cut it off from all that other stuff, as a movie, as a narrative, it works perfectly as a yin and yang character, like two-hander character story. It felt actually, so my gripe here is that it felt um, uh, inappropriate for Mahershala Ali to be nominated for supporting Best Supporting Actor. Because like, he was the lead. 
he was a lead. There were two leads. Yeah, yeah. There yeah, were yeah. two leads in this movie. Yeah. And like you and I and I recognize that's not the way the Academy Awards work, but like plenty of movies are made with two equal leads. You yeah. can't really do more than that, but like this is a like it would be a buddy comedy, right? It's a buddy comedy, it's a two-hander, it's a it's yeah. a movie about two people. They are both 100% essential. And if you had to pick between the two main characters, I would say maybe you pick Mahershala Ali yeah. as being the the actual lead. Yeah. Because he's the one who's making all the decisions. I mean, if you're thinking about like who who he is in, starts the plot? Who is in control of the plot yeah. for the majority of the movie? Yeah. It's him. Yeah. It's it's not uh Tony. Tony is what like you said, he's reactionary. The thing he needs to learn is how to actually take control in the right responsible ways, which he does in a certain in a couple of points, but like the whole like this plot very much is driven, ironically, anyway, hey, yo. <laughs> uh, by by Doctor Doctor Shirley. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so I was actually like legitimately confused when he when I like when I was like, oh wait, he's nominated, but he's nominated for best supporting. Like it didn't quite like click at first, and I was like, oh yeah, it's because they're it kind of only recognizes one leading actor in any given movie, and so uh, and so they were gonna pick. Vigo, and I guess if you had to pick one, I guess they're going to pick Vigo because, like, he's the first guy you see on screen. Yeah. But, like, uh, and he's probably top billed in the movie, too. Um, but, like, the story basically does belong to Dr. Shirley. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah it's, um, I, I just to go back to participant media um, and the influence that they have, I, I hope, what I hope listeners take away from this conversation is not only to look past the the controversy of Green Book uh, and give it a chance if you are resistant to it at all uh, and and just enjoy it and incredibly see incredibly entertaining movie yes too. and My see gosh. what what the narrative has to offer but also when you see the participant media logo I hope that you look forward to whatever the movie is as much as I do because they just their track their their track record is not perfect but man it's pretty dang good for a a good movie that has a good message that is entertaining every step of the way. Yeah. And that's tough to come by. Absolutely. Yeah. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. <laughs> <sighs> yes. There we go. All right. Um, so that's our, that, that I believe concludes the second installment of our off the shelf sound, nerd critic episodes. Yeah. It sounds like a pretty, uh, a pretty good time to wrap up, to give you some business <laughs> yeah. and to ask you to leave a review. Please do. Um, we ask you a lot and it's because it just means that much to us. We're going to keep on asking. We are. We're going to keep on asking until there are no more reviews to give. Yes. Um, so also, if you uh, if you want to leave it in the review, or if you want to email cj at realcontender.com, or if you want to post it on Facebook, or however you want to reach out to us, we're not that hard to reach out to. No. You can let us know if there are movies that you would like us to cover in yes. our off-the-shelf episodes. Uh, we, we did get a request that we need to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, they put in the email, they put paranormal movies. Mm. I'm gonna guess that's like, like supernatural. A, oh no, or? maybe I, they may they may have been talking about the the isn't, isn't there a franchise called Paranormal? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Paranormal Activity. Yeah. Um, I don't think that I don't know. It. Well, I don't we'll know. look into it. <laughs> yes, we will. Um, uh, and if you're listening to this and you sent that email, maybe clarify. Also, please note note please know and note that CJ 
does not like horror movies. I <laughs> so we will there there will be all some, my cards show. We 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 we're not going to guarantee that we'll cover something that yeah. you request covered on the episode. We can't do that, unfortunately. Yes, One, there just aren't enough episodes, yeah. and we have received several requests actually at this point. And we will be, but you know, we do appreciate the recommendations, and we will do some of them because yes, we want to. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, I mean, I could we pull off them. a supernatural movie conversation. Horror is definitely not my jam. I will tell you that Paranormal Activity is a horror movie. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, and I have not seen them. Yes. So, Nor uh, do I want to. All right. Well, uh, I think that's about it. So, uh, old timers, new timers alike, if you are a fan, subscribe. Uh, Please do. And so you can get updates and, and you can know what we're talking about and when we're talking about it. And that's it. Um, thank you, Michael Bondmiller, for the intro and outro music, um, yes. which has been modified for the Off the Shelf episodes. And, uh, and also, one also, last thing. One last thing. Remember <laughs> to collect movies like a nerd and rewatch them like a critic. And cut. <laughs> <laughs>